Hello and welcome to Heads or Tails. I am your host, Indiana. And I am your other host, Jasper Jett. And we really like talking about biology. How the show works is that we pick topics for the other person to research and then interview them about it. Every other episode, we flip a coin to decide who gets interviewed first. We did not flip last time, so we will be flipping this time. Top of the episode disclaimer is that we're not experts and that our research is super, super light. So we might get stuff wrong. We might, you know, say information that might be a little bit out of date. So if you are interested by these topics, I would encourage you to go do your own research and to learn more about them more in depth because they're all super neat and super fun to talk about. This episode, we are learning about the what scene. And I think that's all of my top of the episode stuff. So we can get into some general information. scientific name of this bird is god i hate greek this is a good one opisthocomus watsin <laughs> that one that i'm not saying again means long hair behind in ancient greek and it is a reference to the feathers on its crest which is sort of the top of a bird's head the Watsin is just the common name, and God help me, I could not identify what language it comes from. <laughs> I'm assuming it comes from one of the languages indigenous to the Amazon, because that's where you can find this bird, and, like, everything that I said just said, oh, it's this kind of bird, so presumably that that's just what the bird's name is in some sort of native language. <laughs> I would love to know what it is. <laughs> But I, but I could not find that. So for a general description, it's about the size of a pheasant. They actually thought it was a pheasant for a little bit and then changed their mind about that, which is about two feet or 65 centimeters in total length. It's got a very long neck and a very small head. Its face is unfeathered and its skin is blue and it has red eyes. The feathers that it has are a patterning of brown, black, and cream, the cream mostly being on its neck the black around its shoulders and torso, and the brown down their wings. As previously mentioned, they're indigenous to the Amazon, but specifically the Orinoco Basin. Yeah, that's all my uh, basic information. Fun! I remember it last time we talked about the Orinoco Basin was when we did the Pink River Dolphin. Yeah! Way back in the beginning of this podcast. That was forever ago. <laughs> God, it was. I was in a different area of the country. I was at college. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but moving on to my question. I mentioned it a little bit at the end of the last episode, but the bird has some interesting nicknames. What are they and how did they get them? So a couple of the nicknames are skunk bird or stink bird and reptile bird. Don't know why it's called a reptile bird. <laughs> Couldn't find that, but I could find that it was a, that they call it a skunk bird or a stink bird because they're really, really stinky. Like, 
really stinky. That's funny. I guess I don't really ever think of birds as having a particular smell. So, but that is sort of the notable thing about this bird. So what makes them smell bad? And do we know how they smell? I was really tempted to say that they smell bad because they're herbivores and just leave it there and not explain things. But that's not what this podcast is about. So instead, I'm going to over explain it a little bit. Fair. Go on. Go ahead. I love it. The reason that them being herbivores makes them smell bad is because uh, they need to ferment the greenery that they eat in order to be able to get things like nutrients and calories from it. Cellulose, which is what most plant leaves and stems are made out of, is really, really, really sturdy. It's, like, almost impossible to digest. It's, it's a very chemically sound structure. So if you are a creature whose primary source of food is cellulose, you have to have an extra way to break it down to get more calories out of it if you're eating pretty much just leaves or just um, stems and things. In this case, the extra effort that the Watson puts into it is fermentation, and it makes them smell like literal poop. I really wish I could swear. <laughs> but they smell like manure, is, is generally how they smell. Fun. Love that. <laughs> Alright, so, got a little bit into what makes them smell bad. That seems to lead into my next question. Talk about its digestive system. So their digestive system is actually really cool because of the having to digest and ferment the cellulose. So it's related to, similar to how cows eat. So I don't know if this is a thing that generally people know or if this is just because I live in Hicksville, the fun fact that got tossed around all the time, but cows have four stomachs. Cattle, if we're being really technical there, but cows have four stomachs, and that's to digest the grass they eat that is mostly cellulose. And so the first stomach that they have is called a rumen, and that is where the food that they eat the first time, they sit it there, and then they do bacterial fermentation and break it down in that stomach, and then it goes through a couple more phases in the different stomachs to get broken down even more. But that bacterial fermentation in the rumen is the same thing that the watsin does. Now, the watsin does not have a rumen, but it does use the same process to break down its food. And what it uses in place of a rumen is um, a specialized crop. And a crop, for people who don't know, in birds, is a pouch for food storage. So if they eat food and then they don't eat it right away, they put it in the crop. Raptors particularly usually have a crop, and so they'll eat just a bunch of meat that they could not possibly digest all in one sitting, and then let it sit in their crop while they go fly off and let it digest more slowly. And in the Watsim, their crop is split into two chambers, and then their esophagus is also split into a bunch of different chambers, and in these different chambers is where they break down the food using the bacterial fermentation, and it actually takes up enough space in their system that they have a smaller stomach chamber and a smaller gizzard. And a gizzard, for people who don't know lots of biology terms in this one, a gizzard is, in a bird, it's, they can't chew their food because they don't have teeth, so they'll swallow rocks and then they'll put the food goes through the gizzard before it gets to the stomach, and that just breaks it down even more uh, to, to function as teeth, since they don't have any. 
So they have to break down all of their food a bunch of times before they can digest it. I could have gone so much further into this, but I had I had slipped down so many Wikipedia holes <laughs> that I'm like, you know what, I'm going to stop it here. That is basic information. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool to hear about, though, because I've heard some of these terms, but I didn't know exactly what they were, like, specifically gizzards. Like, that's cool. I didn't know they eat rocks. That's funny. Yeah. All right. Final question. Here on this podcast, we like dinosaurs. Comparisons between this bird and the Archaeopteryx. I gotta tell you, every time I was doing the research for this question, I kept having to not say Archaeops. I don't even like Pokemon. (laughs) I am not a Pokemon person, but my brain kept going Archaeops. Which is so funny because I am and I hadn't made that connection. That's what the- this- this is- this is the fossil that it's based on. Red. So a lot of people, uh, especially when they were first, like, uh, discovering and talking about it, they noticed that Archaeopteryx also has, I said that wrong, and I'm very sorry, and I'm going to say it wrong again. (laughs) That's okay. They have little wing claws. The Watsine does when they're babies, and the Fossil does when it's big and grown up. Uh, And so a lot of people looked at that and went, huh, that's a weird thing that we've only ever really seen in these two things. Maybe they're related. But modern studies have shown that in the Watsine, the claws are most likely a more recent adaptation and that there's no actual evolutionary or genetic link between the two. Cool, cool. Love that. I know we like talking about dinosaurs also. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so... That brings us to the end of my questions, so uh, if you have any fun facts, now is the time. I do. I have many fun facts. I have to open Google Docs on my phone because Google Docs on my computer had not loaded the fun facts. Ooh, fun. Oh, they've done it now. Okay, so we're good. (laughs) So for our fun facts, we talked a little about evolution in the previous question, and so to follow up on that a little bit, in 2015, a paper by a bunch of researchers that I'm not going to list off, but the lead researcher was Richard O. Prum, was published that detailed bird phylogeny, and phylogeny is the branches of the evolutionary tree and like tracking them and sorting animals into them, and they used Uh, They were using DNA sequencing to do that with birds and to figure out how birds were all related to each other. And that research suggested that the Watsine is an offshoot bird species, like the last of an offshoot bird species, that split off 64 million years ago, which is right after the mass extinction of non-avian dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. So they're, like, really, really distantly related to other birds. Okay. Another thing is that they breed during the Amazon's seasonal floods, and when that's happening, they'll live together in little colonies to protect and raise their young. And so we mentioned that the chicks are born with the little wing claws, and part of the reason they have that is to climb around. Specifically, if a predator threatens the colony, like another raptor bird comes in and and tries to eat them, the adults will jump up and fly around and make a lot of noises, which allows the chicks to, like, literally climb out of the nest and climb into, like, the underbrush or wherever where it's safer to be. And if they can't get somewhere more undercover to be safe, they'll just drop into the floodwater 
and swim around in there until the predator bird gets chased off. And then they'll literally just climb back up the tree that they were in to get back to their nest. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, and that's all of my fun facts, which means it is time for the coin flip. Jasper, take us away. Yes, it is short time for the coin flip, and so we'll be flipping to see whose episode is the next episode, and here right now with me I have a tiny little lizard. It is not a real lizard. Do not flip your real lizards. It is one of those little things that you put the egg in the water and it hatches out the egg and then it grows. It's a little girl lizard. My girlfriend bought it for me for my birthday from the zoo. It's like eight dollars. <laughs> so if he lands on his little feetsies right side up that is going to be heads and if he lands upside down that is going to be tails. So heads or tails? Heads. Heads. Okay. He landed upside down. It is Tails. I mean, that's my episode next time, which means that I am doing the Peregrine Falcon. I'm excited. <laughs> Two bird episodes in a row. Yeah. Very different birds, though. Very different birds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, every episode, we try to shout out Black, Indigenous, or People of Color businesses that we think should get a little bit more love. These aren't sponsored segments. We just found them and thought they were cool and wanted to talk about them. I'm not actually going to be shouting out a business today because I do not buy things or require services. I'm not a fan of stuff, generally speaking. So instead, I'm shouting out a YouTuber because that is what I do with all of my free time. Right. So Foreign Man in a Foreign Land is a YouTuber from the Bahamas who makes a lot of videos talking about the history and culture of the Caribbean. He breaks down a lot of like harmful stereotypes, origins of a lot of things we associate with the Caribbean, and gives excellent insights into the history of like blackness outside of America. And it's very much watching his videos is like falling down a Wikipedia hole because they're all like brilliantly explained, fairly short, and he links in a bunch of different things if he references something that he's talked about before. So you can just click, 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 and you learn a whole lot, and it is all very, very well presented, and he, like, admits that his, what his failings are and where he's limited in his scope. But the thing that he says a lot is if you don't tell your story, they're gonna tell it for you and they're gonna get it wrong. <laughs> And so this is him attempting to combat that in uh, the way it relates to the Caribbean. 10 out of 10, do recommend. A lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Education like that is very important. Yeah. And with all of that, I have been Indiana. And I have been Jasper Jett. And this has been our latest episode of Heads or Tails. You can uh, contact us at headsortails20 on Twitter. We also tweet usually, when the episodes go out. Usually right when they go out, sometimes we forget. <laughs> but right around the time the episode come out, so you can check that for updates. We are Heads or Tails Official Podcast on Facebook, or you can email us at headsortailsofficialpodcast at gmail.com. And that's the episode. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.
that is sort of the notable thing about this bird. So what makes them smell bad? And do we know how they smell? Uh, I didn't really look into the question of how they smell, but since it's notable that they smell... Oh, wait, no, I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> Read ahead in the script. Okay. <laughs> Mood. Restarting. <laughs> 